that's something I definitely do. Are y'all ready for the word? Yeah. Get your Bible and go to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. Turn me down just a tad so I'm not, if I start sounding like I'm in a drum, I go. Um, you know, one of the things that I did, we talked about healing. We talked about righteousness. We talked about different things. I, I want to I stay on the same vein a while because there are things, uh, well, my sermon title is called How to Approach God. There's times we, we must get a prayer answered. You, I mean, you, you, you go to the throne. I've, I'm, I'm going in. I'm getting a prayer. I got to come out. I got to get in and I got to get a prayer answered. And it's, it's massive. And, and many people think if they pray enough, and what I call by, what I mean by that, it's kind of like just slinging grits and hoping something sticks. Or going out with a shotgun and shooting in the sky and hoping you kill something. I don't. And, and a lot of people's prayers are that way, and, and that's really not good. And, and so there is a way to, to go to God and know that you know that you know you're getting in. And you might think that everyone knows that, but most do not. And I'm going to tell you how I know it. Now, let's think about what I'm fixing to say to you. How often do we have somebody walk up and say, would you pray for me? Why? Why do we do that? We don't believe he's going to hear us. We don't believe, we, we know us so well that you are spiritual and I need you to pray for me. And, and, and that goes on all the time. It's not a little thing. It's, it's, it's most Christians. It's, we have Christians in this church that way and, and, in, the, and in denominational churches, it's probably everybody. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, don't it? But they are not confident to know that they know that they know they can go to God and get a prayer answered. All right. So right now in the time we're living in, I think that might be kind of important, don't you think? So Luke 18, verse 9, he spoke a parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now he's fixing to tell a parable. I'm going to read it all and then we're going to go back over it. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself, not with God, with himself. God, I thank you. I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. And everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Now, we read this. Being Americans in our century, not Jewish, after the cross. But when, I want you to think about this. When Jesus said this, he was talking about everybody in the group being like the Pharisee. Now, I don't mean that they were all, we use the word Pharisee as like a, like a, a, a vulgar word. You Pharisee, you know. But but, it, but to them, you want you to think about this. The law of Moses said you were to live this way. And here's a man who's walking in to pray, and he is living his life strict. Now, when you study the Pharisees, 
I mean, when it came time to, to tithe, even the, they said even the mint and the cumin. I mean, when he got something out of his garden, I mean, he weighed it out. I mean, he ain't stealing nothing from God. And so he's, at, he's in synagogue or church every time the door's open. He's tithing. He's living right. He's not doing, he's living a good life. But, but the problem is he's walking into the throne room talking to God about what he did because he thinks that's what God wants. So in, when Jesus told this parable, almost, and I would say 99.9% of the people that he was talking to were just like the Pharisee. Now, they weren't bad. They just, I'm doing what you said and living right. All right, now let's look at the second guy because we would call him Antifa. Maybe we'd call him a Democrat. Maybe we'd call him a politician. Maybe Whatever he was, and I'm going to show you what he was because the Pharisee uh, is, it was a religious pro-law, pro-obedience, but the tax collector was a traitor who worked for Rome for money. He, he was a sellout. And so when he's, he's standing there in the temple, and the Pharisee is up there and, and praying, man, God, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything you said. Unlike this Antifa dude over here that's with earrings in his ears and tattoos over his face, and, and we know that guy's immoral as all get out. So when Jesus is telling this parable, He's, he, when, he, when he makes a statement that the, that the tax collector went home righteous, everybody in the room went, what? That was like, are you out of your ever-loving mind? Because that was unheard of for him to even make that type of a statement. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself. How is it that the tax collector walked out with his prayers answered and right before God because he didn't carry his good or his bad into the throne room. He went in leaning on the mercy of God. He said, I need mercy. I already know. He's, he's not talking bad of it. He, he, I already know. I don't deserve a thing. Now, I'm not saying that you and I are to leave here tonight beating ourselves. I'm just an old, unworthy, no good dog. Help me, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not preaching that at all. But I am talking, but we do need to talk about the fact that nobody on the planet has ever gotten an answer to prayer because you were good. We get prayers because he's good. And I think that even though we've been saved for a while, sometimes we sort of look around the room and go, dang, I ain't doing too bad. And yet maybe in the eyes of God, he don't want to hear what you, he don't want to hear any of what you did ever. <laughs> so, and, and then again, every one of us has a certain amount that we know we don't do everything right. 
then we start working on what we're doing wrong in order to get a prayer answer. And it won't work. There's nothing wrong with you working on yourself. But if you're working on yourself to get an audience with God, you're wasting your time. Because he didn't give you audience when you got saved, and he ain't giving you audience now. There, well, I'm going to get way ahead of myself. You go in the throne room with nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm in here today, and I want to thank you for what Jesus did for me at Calvary. Hallelujah. Now, now we're, we're going to go a little deeper than that right now, but I'm going to tell you what, why we're doing this. So in this parable, he's teaching you how to approach God. So Deuteronomy 9, 6, and, and, and I want to, I'm just going to pop it on the screen, and then we're going to go to Galatians. Deuteronomy 9, 6. Am I not giving you enough time? We'll just be patient with him. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, except hurry up. <laughs> Do you want me to read it? I don't mind. I don't mind. Tell me when it comes. It's nothing. Deuteronomy 9, 6. Um, God is talking to Israel here, and he, and he makes a statement. And, and uh, of course, I'm, tonight's not going to be beat you up night. I, I promise you that. But he makes a statement to the Jews. Therefore, understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land because you're And there scripture says, none righteous, no, not one. With you and I being in a faith and word, tongue-talking devil chasing the holy world in church, we talk constantly about how we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And I think sometimes we, we're not thinking through we're the righteousness of God in Christ. Yeah. We're just thinking, I'm righteous. And I think sometimes we do need to remember that if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, you're not going anywhere. Not with God, you're not. Ever. So he, he's telling the Jews here, because a lot of times, and, and, I, and I'm like this when I go to Israel, there's like a love for Israel and a, and a hate for Iraq. Well, you may not understand this, but God died for the people in Iraq too. <laughs> and, and in Iran, there's a church and a movement of God going on in that country and people are getting born again. Like you got family, spiritual family in Iran. So whenever a war breaks out and you're going, ah, oh, kill them all, you know, you, you, you know. You might be a Pharisee right now. So it is with Russia. I've got friends that live in Russia that are probably coming down right now. You know, I mean, I'm like, oh, help us, Jesus. So there's a church in China. As much as we don't want them to make our blue jeans anymore, there's a church over there that loves Jesus and they're on fire for God. So, so we have to kind of get over this idea that there's a group of people that's just worse than everybody else. There aren't. But, but outside of Jesus, well, everybody, all sinned. Now, let's talk about racism just a second. I hate it when someone brings up black versus white. Because I know black people that are great. I know black people that are sorry dogs. I know white people that are great. I know white people that are sorry dogs. And, and I just want to shout it from the housetops. It ain't skin, it's sin. 
I just get so tired of, of a group. There ain't no good group. <laughs> they just don't exist. And, and I don't like it when someone says, well, you know, I'm Italian. I don't brag on that. Well, you know, we're Puerto Rican. Don't brag on that either. I know some Puerto Ricans, you know, I know some, you know, and I know some good ones and I know some bad ones. But see, isn't it amazing how we tag ourselves? And the world is the one that puts that on us, you know. Well, I'm German. That's not good. I remembered Hitler. But I'm not Hitler. All right. Well, God is talking to, to the Jews and he said, don't get, to, don't get the big head. Now, when you go to Israel, and I know it's hard for us Christians to believe what I'm about to say. You know, they're all sinners on the way to hell. <laughs> Trusting in themselves that they're righteous. One day I want to get in here and we need to talk about how the Jewish people had God standing in flesh with them and they're fighting with him. You, you, you can't... This, this is the guy that made the moon and the stars and, and you're an idiot. Shut up and listen to this guy. And they're fighting with him? And, 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 I, and he's, he's giving them words. And I'm thinking, tell him, tell him, Jesus, tell him, you idiot, you dumb thing, you. But think about that because, because we, we sort of think that the Jews are all the good. Well, well, they are if they're born again. And God loves them, even if they're not. But he also loves Iraq and Iran and China. And, you know, hello, thank you, and Russia and Cuba. Sometimes we need to stop and think. Every time you meet somebody, you go, you know, God loves them. I think I'm going to have to work on my love walk right now because God loves that person right there. I'm going to throw Barbara under the bus right now. I won't name the name of the person. One time she walked in, she was in the office, and, uh, and there's this person that got on my nerves. Don't get on my nerves now, as much, but got on my nerves bad. And Barbara looked at me and said, the Lord said to me this morning that he loves him. And I looked at Barbara and said, and I don't know how. <laughs> Do you remember who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I said, because this person was a pain in the backside. But over time... He has really grown. You know, God had more faith in him. I mean, I hadn't dropped. I mean, if you can do anything with that, you are really God. Well, the thing is, is he thought that about me too. <laughs> See, I was being a little bit of a Pharisee. Of course, I probably needed to read this scripture then. Barbara needed to read it to me and go, you need to straighten up, you little Pharisee. All right. So, Galatians chapter 3. I want to read something. And, and, and I want to, I'm going to use the word impregnate our souls with a thought tonight. Really get strong on this one thought. Because the, first of all, we have an enemy, the devil, who's always messing with you and telling you you're not worthy. And the truth is, you're not. If he says you're a good for nothing thing, you say, absolutely. And he goes, well, what do you have to say about that? Plead the blood. <laughs> Plead the blood. Um, you know, somebody came to me one time and says, Pastor Morgan, I, you have all these issues. I said, oh, shoot, I got more than that. Just ask Lisa. I mean, you, you, you really think that by finding my fault absolves you of yours? Blowing my candle out don't make yours no brighter? <laughs> Amen. 
You know, I was, I was sitting in front of the fireplace the other day, and y'all enjoy this weather. And uh, Joshua, he's been coming in, and he loves to sit in the living room and just watch the fire. Of course, I like it when he comes in because I make him go out on the front porch and bring all the firewood in. But I was watching three logs that had smoldered down to nothing, just smoldered down. I'm just, and I'm just sitting there reading my Bible and looking at the fire, and it was basically, I would not out, no flame, but it, there's, it's glowing like crazy. And I went out and I got one log and threw on top, and the old logs lit the new one up. And I got to thinking, that's like us old geezers. You just hang around us, we'll get you fired up. You might think we're just glowing embers over here, but we, we, can, we have a way of getting you all stirred up. And so, so you know what we need? You must have each other. I don't care who you are. You, you can't stay lit alone. And so you say, well, I'm me and my buddy. Well, two logs ain't much better than one, but they're, they're better. But, but I mean, you put seven or eight of them in there, baby, you have a fire. All right. That's good preaching. I thought that you might enjoy it. Galatians chapter 3. Let's start reading with verse 1. Now, I, I, I want to make a suggestion because people ask me all the time, how do you grow in God? How do you read your Bible? What we're going to study tonight is righteousness by faith. But we're not ever going to be rooted in it if we're not going to take the time to read certain passages over and over and over and over. And, I, and that's really the key. Coming to church and going, hey, I heard that. That's, that, don't, that don't mean anything. Um, Galatians 3 and Romans 3, we're going to go to Romans 3 in a minute, is something that you should read it to yourself. And kind of, instead of making confessions, just use your own Bible to make confessions out of your own Bible. But read it and keep your eyes on it at least once every day. Just have certain passages. And maybe you don't do this for eternity, but maybe you're just going to read Galatians 3 and, and um, Ephesians 2 and Romans 3 every day for a month and become very righteous by blood conscious. Do you understand what I mean by that? You're, 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 you're putting the word in front of your eyes often. Not just once. You say, well, I know that. That's, that's not the issue. It's not I heard it. it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And, and, and you need to, it, your, your soul needs to hear you say it. So I'm going to read down through here, and it's going to be everything in here, you're going to know it. Oh, foolish Apopkins, who has bewitched you that you would not obey the truth whose eyes Jesus was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This I want to learn from you. I want to ask you, did you receive the Spirit? Now, that's the new birth, not the baptism, though it includes the baptism. By the works of the law or the hearing of faith? How? How? Faith. Now, now let's talk about faith a minute. Because every time I hear the word faith, for years I read it, and it didn't mean anything to me. It had no impact on my soul. Faith. Because people would look at me and go, you know, do you believe in God? I believe in God. That, that's not faith. The devil believes in God. The devil believes in Jesus. So that is not what he's talking about. Faith in Jesus. Faith in the finished work of Jesus. Faith in 
his death. Faith in him going into hell. Faith in him being made righteous down in hell. Faith in him handing you his righteousness and you being made righteous because of Jesus. Now, that's what that word means. And so the way I do it when I'm reading my Bible, and I'm going to read this to you the way I read it because I want to impact on my soul. Um, only I want to learn, did I get born again because I kept the law or because I put my faith in the finished work of Jesus? I put my faith, and I'll open my mouth right there and I'll say, my faith is in the finished work of Jesus. My faith is I'm not trusting God right now because of anything I have done. I might be pastoring, and I might be saved for 45 years, and I might be tithing every week for 45 years, but I'm putting my faith in what Jesus did. And I, and I, read, it, I read it out loud to myself because I don't want my mind to go down the, the path. Do you really think God's going to answer your prayer? Well, I answered it when I first got saved, and I didn't know squat. I wasn't, I had, I, I'd never tithed, and I never did nothing right. So why would he change? So what's he asking? That's the question he's asking. I need to learn, I need to ask you, did you get born again because you were a good person and kept the law? No, but because of your faith in Jesus? Yes. Ask yourself, read it out loud, ask yourself that question. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you are now made perfect because you go to church and tithe and live right? You've become a Pharisee. Do not go down that road with me. I'm talking to God talking to me. Don't go down that road with me. Yes. You're not walking in the throne room because of you. You still walk in the throne room because of the blood. I don't care how long you've been saved. That's right. Now, that's the best weapon in the world for the devil. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Plead the blood. All right. How am I doing? Therefore, he who supplies the spirit, new birth, and works miracles in this church. Is he coming in here and doing it because we're so blessed, God, hallelujah, holy? No. If you fall out in the power, it ain't because you're more spiritual than someone who didn't. If you have a tongues and interpretation, it's not because you're more spiritual than someone who didn't. If you have a revelation from God, that doesn't make you more spiritual. The only thing that makes you right with God is the blood of Jesus. Whether you roll on the floor, laugh, or get drunk in the Holy Ghost is because of Jesus. So you need, I'm doing better preaching than y'all, amen. And, but, but, it's, but it's all, see, what happens is depression comes from you looking at yourself and saying, what am I going to do? And the answer to that is nothing. Nothing. What would you do when you got saved? Nothing. He did it. Mercy. Was mercy. He had mercy on my wretched hide. What am I looking for today? Mercy. <laughs> so what does it mean when it says count, um, rejoice in the Lord? It doesn't mean you shout and jump and holler because you're a Christian. It means you rejoice in the fact that Jesus made you right with God. I'm rejoicing in the finished work of Jesus. And you can rejoice in that any day, every day, all the time, sun up, sun down. You don't need the band to get you wired up. You can come in wired up. Amen. <laughs> Wake up in the morning going, I'm glad I'm not going to hell. Thank you, Jesus. 
Okay, boy, I tell you this. Is... Now he goes on talking about Abraham here. Just, okay, verse 5, therefore he used to, I'd read that, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's 400 years before Moses. So we know Moses didn't have anything to do with it. I want you to say this. I'm right with God by the blood. Say no guilt on me at all. You need to hear, you need to say that. Because we live in a world where we're in fights. You, you know, you're dealing with the devil. You're dealing with condemnation. You're dealing with, you're dealing with your thought life. You're dealing with stuff. Anytime you try to come to God any other way, you, you, you're leaving with nothing. I sure am glad I've been going to this church for 45 years, and I'm glad I'm not like Melanie Hayward who don't come half the time, sits in a tree stand in Alabama with this guy trying to shoot and didn't even bring home a deer. God, I sure am glad I'm better than that right there. And Melanie's back there going, I ain't taking no condemnation off of you at all, you know. They got to mess with Mel. I knew Melanie before. Yeah. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham's faith in Jesus. Now, you know, I've said this before and I want to say it again and I think it bears repeating. When did Abraham see Jesus? Was Abraham's faith in the fact that he would have a son? No. It says he said he believed in seed, not seeds. Yes. You see, whenever he said, how do I know that you'll do this? It says he went into a deep, dark trance when he cut a covenant. Jesus later said, Abraham saw my day. What did he see? He saw the cross. He saw the cross. What was Abraham's faith in? The blood of Jesus. So later we know that to be true because it says when he took his son up on the hillside, he says, don't worry, God will provide himself. See, he already had a revelation. Isn't that good? So Abraham's faith was in Jesus, just like yours is. But yet it was, it was accounted to him. He wasn't righteous. Well, that's another word. Old Testament had, an, had it accounted to them. Nobody was born again. It's not accounted to you. You are born again. You're not righteous because it's accounted to you. It's, it's not giving you righteous as is on your on the books. You are righteous. So you think about this scripture. In in the Old Testament, there's no greater prophet than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. That means you're greater than Abraham and Elijah and Moses. You're sitting there going, really? Yeah, because you and Jesus are one person. See, why was John so great? I mean, he didn't split no sea because he got to meet him. Anybody gets to meet him is great. <laughs> you think about that for a week or two right there. Just... I asked the Lord one time, I said, how is John the Baptist so great? I mean, he didn't do nothing but eat locusts and honey and run around hollering at people. I mean, that's not exactly great. So he got to meet me, didn't he? I said, yeah. He said, that's pretty great. I went, yeah, that was great when I met you too. Come on, I'm doing this good. Verse 7. Therefore know that only 
those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. Say, my faith made me a son, made me righteous. And the scripture foreseeing that God would make righteous. Now, I use the word justify, and I'm going to say this, and y'all need to hear this. The word justify and the word righteous is the same word. Now, they interchange them like male and man, but they're still the same thing. And so I say that, and I want you to know that you're not being a Jehovah Witness if you change the word. Don't you change my Bible, you'll go to hell. I'm not changing the Bible. I'm changing the, the word that he used there for my soul. Because my soul grabs right with God better than justify. Now, why, why is that? Because in denominational churches, people preached justified was just as if I'd never sinned. And it doesn't have the weight, even though it is the same thing. In your mind, it carries little weight because of wrong teaching. So I change it back to the same word, okay? Because the Greek word is exactly the same, justifying righteous, or the exact same Greek word. Okay. Don't ask me what it is because it's, it's, a, it's Greek. So, so, so I'll read this again. In the scripture foreseeing that God would make righteous the Gentiles, that's a gohim, those without God, by faith in the finished work of Jesus, preached the gospel to Abraham before and said, in you all nations will be blessed. And so those that have our faith in the finished work of Jesus are blessed with believing Abraham. So I want, now what happens when you get rooted in righteousness? You start realizing that God is blessing you because of your faith in Jesus. And that's all. And that's hard on your soul because we're always trying to be good. And you should. But when you pray, don't walk in there with your goodness. That, and, and, I'm, and that'll set you free because you think, you know, Andrew Womack made a statement one time. He said, you know, we're going to pray for the sick tonight. And everybody said, yeah. And he said, and you're going to do it. Get up here. And they went. Mm. Why, why is it we believe that Andrew's going to pray and God will move, but if you prayed, he wouldn't? Because you're not rooted in righteousness yet. That's a choice you make. And this is what I'm talking about. Reading Galatians 3 over and over to yourself out loud gets you rooted in it. Okay, now let's go to another scripture. Ephesians chapter 2. Take a right. Verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, again, we have a problem in modern day preaching. Jesus died for your sins. He did not. I'll get quiet in here. You see, all of our life we've been to church. You know that, you know that, that seven up you stole? He died for that seven up you stole. No, he did not. You, it wasn't the seven up that was sending you to hell. It was the fact that when you first sinned, you died. You were dead in sin. Dead people don't sin. 
but they're dead and you die dead, you go to hell. So there's people going to hell even though Jesus has paid the debt because they're still dead. Now, when they get born again, it's not because they get forgiven. Sinners don't need to be forgiven. Sinners need to be redeemed. It's awfully quiet. And maybe I need to preach this again next week and go over this again. This was quite a shock to me when I found out and I read John 3, 16, that people don't go to hell for sinning because Jesus has already paid for everybody's on the earth sin. How can God legally send anybody to hell for sinning if Jesus has already paid for their sin? So he can't legally send you to hell for sinning, but don't die dead. How do you get alive? You need to confess Jesus as Lord and let his spirit come in your spirit and raise your spirit from the dead because when he was in hell, God declared him righteous. And when he declared him righteous, he declared you righteous because he tasted death, spiritual death, for every man. So he became as we were so we could be as he is and God sees you and Jesus as one person. So what happened when you were born again? You didn't become just righteous. He gave you his righteousness as a gift and that's what that means. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. So his righteousness is your righteousness. So how righteous is he? Does Jesus get his prayers answered? How how come you don't? You do. But you can't come in there talking about, well, I did it. God's going, just just turn around and go right back out. And come back in here with some blood. I don't want to hear anymore about what you did, good or bad. See, you whine all night and think you prayed. You didn't pray, you just whined. The next time you whine, bring cheese. And we say, well, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Well, you ain't even started praying. You hadn't been in the throne room yet, much less prayed. Lord have mercy. And you, he made alive. Why? You were dead. Who were dead in sin and trespass in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that's now working in the sons of disobedience. And you weren't, you weren't doing sin. You were sin. You didn't do, you were Satan. Oh boy, I wasn't the devil. Well, sometimes you think your mother-in-law is, but okay, I'll tell you. Among the, okay. Among who we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and were by nature, by our nature, by our spiritual nature, children of wrath. You were a child of wrath. You didn't do wrath. You were wrath, just as others. But God, who's rich in what? Say mercy. Mercy. You are saved by mercy. God is saved you, not because you're good, but because he's good. Now see, if, you know, we have a little evangelist guy here named David running around. I like him already because he preaches the gospel. But see, evangelists have never preached the gospel. They're going at people like they're a bunch of sinners. Listen, they don't need to preach sinners. They need to preach Jesus. 
when Jesus came, what blows people's mind is though how he treat every, you know, that, well, that woman's a sinner. And Jesus said, heck, guys, all of y'all are sinners. If I was going to judge anybody, listen, you, you, you go to church, you go to church and tithe, and you're as, you're as big a heathen as this old hooker over here. And that's what got Jesus in trouble. Because when the, when the hookers came, they loved Jesus. And they said, don't you know what that woman is? I know exactly what she is. And she's no better than you. Right. You're just as bad as she is. And boy, that's just, see, that, see what happens in church happens today. Happens in our church too. Happens right here. I look at people and say, are you, you need, oh, I don't know, I'm pretty good. <laughs> Who the heck you are? <laughs> if you think you are, we'll ask your wife. I guarantee you ain't as good as you think you are. And we're doing all right. Yeah. God, rich in mercy with the great love that he loved us. Why are we allowed in? Because he loves us. Great mercy. What did the guy say when we read a while ago? He walked in the throne room and he's a heathen. He said, have mercy on me, God. And Jesus said, he went home righteous. I'm not in here. I don't need to talk about me. I just want to talk about you. I just want to talk about you. I'm going to tell you something. If we came into church and you just started worshiping God, you'd have more miracles than you know what to do with if you just come in and worship God a while. Sit back and worry about what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? How are we going to fix that? How are we going to fix that? Why don't you just shut up and worship God a while? We've already figured out you can't do nothing about it. Why don't you just worship God a while? Okay, I'm doing good. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> when we were dead in sins, he made you alive together, together with Christ. By grace, unmerited favor, you were saved. And he raised you up together, and he made you sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, that he, forever and forever and forever and forever, he's going to show exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness because of what Jesus did. <laughs> you ever wonder why we worship God? Because we're not going to worship you. (laughs) I say this all the time to people. I go, there is a God, and you're not him. And they look at me like, what's wrong with you? You know, I just, Lisa and I had a little talk this morning. We're talking about pride. God hates pride. God, he hates pride. Man, don't don't get you thinking of you all that. I don't care how long you've been saved, you ain't all that. (laughs) It's still mercy, man. He's still helping you because of mercy. You need to wake up in the morning and go, thank you for the mercies of God. Thank you for your mercies. Amen. See, that'll make a happy Christian out of you instead of a sad one. He raises up. Okay, verse 7. No, verse 8. By grace, unmerited favor, you were saved through faith in the finished work of Jesus, not you. It was a gift from God, not because of your works, lest you boast. For you are his workmanship, created in Jesus for good works. God prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. Therefore, remember, you were once a heathen in your flesh and called uncircumcision by the circumcised. And at that time, you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants, no hope and without God in the world. You were lost. But in Christ, you who once were far off have been brought near to God by the blood of Jesus. 
Now, when we take communion, do you know what you're really doing? You're remembering what he did. You're standing, you're, this is not a condemnation time. But I better judge myself. He's making to get me. That's not what he said. Do it in remembrance while you're standing there with the body and going, man, I'm so glad you did that for me. You did that for me. I'm so excited you did that for me. You took my beating. You took my, that was me that I was supposed to be on that cross. And if I had died and gone to hell, I could never have come out. Oh, thank you. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Communion is for you to remember how you got where you are. And it says as often as you drink it. We need to do it often enough for you to quit being a Pharisee. I mean, quit thinking so highly of yourself. Thank you for this blood. Woo, if it wasn't for this blood, I would be lost. Glory to God. And that's what it means by a stripes you were healed. What's that mean? Bruises. Bruised for what? Iniquity. If the iniquity is gone, there is no reason for you to be sick. Now, I'm not telling you to tell me that. You need to tell the devil that. See, you need to read your Bible to the devil. Just say, hey, devil, hold on. I'm just going to sit here and just please, you know, you want, him to re- you want to resist him. You want him to leave. You, you want him to stay. Please listen as I read. We're going to read a story tonight about the blood. And how Jesus whipped your backside. I told you not to leave. Where are you going? Next door? Oh, dear God, they love you over there. I don't know that about next door. Okay. Go to Romans 3. Oh, my neighbors aren't listening. I don't know what they're doing. They play all that crazy music. I think maybe they just ain't Christians. If they don't turn it off by 11, I curse it. I curse that music in Jesus' name. I curse your stereo. You know, now it's time for me to tell you a story because I'm getting pretty intense. You know, do y'all remember phones that hang on a wall with a cord? Y'all remember that? Yeah. And then that that long ago, but when Lisa and I lived on Votaw, we had one of them, we had one of them phones. And every night when we're eating dinner, the dead burn phone rang on salesman. And we, I, I got to answer it because I don't have no answer machine. I don't know whether someone's in the hospital or nothing. I got to, hello, you know, I don't, 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 don't know. I don't want to buy well. So one night I said, I curse you. You will never ring again in Jesus' name. And I walked away. And all night it didn't ring. It did not ring one time. Next morning it didn't ring. And Lisa said, you better check that phone. I picked it up. There ain't no dial tone on it at all. She said, well, you go buy another one. You cursed it. It's true. I had to take the phone off the wall and call Ma Bell and bring us another phone out. This one somehow broke. Well, that phone hurt. I cursed it. I think quit. It just quit ringing. Lady next door built, put a tree right on the edge of my property so I wouldn't see the lake. I drove by on my lawnmower and I said, I curse you, little sucker. You're blocking my view. I curse you in Jesus' name. And I'd go cut the grass and go around and come, and I'd come back and I curse you, you little sucker, in Jesus' name. And the tree dried up. I said, glory to God, that's cool. I cursed the one on her property. It didn't work. God thought I shouldn't be over there cursing her trees, so he just cursed the ones on mine. Shouldn't have planted on my, on my property. (laughs) 
I'm going to tell you another story. We're going to read this in a minute. I've got to tell you another story. This is a good story. This is a Bible story. This is a Holy Ghost story. We're talking about the goodness of God. And I, you've heard me tell the story, but I've learned from Mark that it, uh, you, you can hear a story twice or more. But when I was in Haiti, um, um, Faith Frederick asked me to go over and open a Bible school in Haiti for the students. Now, what I found out when I got there was most of the students, they dug off the streets and they were street preachers. And half of them or more weren't even born again. And they were preaching Jesus and voodoo. They just preached whatever. And they had no theology, had no nothing. So I went in and preached redemption. If any man who's in Christ, I preached Jesus. Taught him what a Christian is. And, and, I, and I, I think it was like three hours a day or, or I don't know, God, it was a lot. Um, when I got finished at two or three days, I, I had spent 12 hours with them going over one subject. And um, Earl Gleason went, went with me. But I asked Faith, I said, can I pray and give an altar call the last hour? She said, yeah. I said, because half of them aren't born again. And they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. So I did. And I prayed for them to get born again. And I, and I knew that they'd have, I, I got to get 53 people filled with the Holy Ghost. And I don't have time to line them up. I've got like 10 minutes to get all of them filled with the Spirit. And I knew I got a problem here because I need them to receive it. But I'm, I'm thinking, how am I going to get them to do that? So the Holy Ghost gave me an idea. And, I, and I, you heard me tell the story, but I reached in my wallet and I pulled out a $20 bill. Now, at that time, that's a month's wages in Haiti. That was a month's wages. And so I'm, I'm standing there and I said, who wants this 20 And I mean, nobody raised their hand. You know why? Because there ain't no idiot going to give us a month's wages. It's a trick. And that's what they're thinking. And so I said again, who wants this 20? And I mean, there's a young man sitting right there, and I can tell he's going. Now, just imagine if Mark Hankins came in here and pulled $10,000 out. Who wants it? Jump up and grab it. Don't you be so full of pride. You know, if he answers, if he said, you want it, just, yes, I'll take it. And if it's a joke, let him get it back. But don't, but don't. So I walked past a whole bunch of young men. And finally, there's a young lady sitting in the back, almost in the back, two chairs over. And she sticks her hand up like this. I do. And I just walked back and I handed it to her, handed her a $20 bill. And uh, then I turned around and I walked back up front. And then I turned to the whole crowd and I said, now you think I'm going to go get that money back? And I am not. It's hers. And they all went nuts. Because they realized they, they just had a month's wage walk past them and they didn't reach up and get it. And I said, why did I do that? Because she's good? I said, I don't even know her. I said, I didn't do that because she's good. I did that because I'm good. I said, you know why God wants to give you a gift? Not because you're good, because he's good. Every one of them jumped up and started talking in tongues. That fast. They went, that's it? I, this, this gift ain't going by. 
And I mean, getting, I got everybody in the building filled with the Holy Ghost instantly, like, shut up, and I mean Pentecost, because these aren't Pentecostals. Nobody, they didn't have, Mark hadn't been there yet. And so they start speaking in tongues, and, they, and, and I mean, they're standing there just worshiping God and praying and crying and speaking in tongues. And after about three or four or five minutes, it, it died down. It just died down to a dull roar. People were just worshiping God. And all of a sudden, a wind blew through the room, and they all jumped to their feet and started dancing in the Holy Ghost. And to see that Mark ain't been there. They're, they're, not, they're not doing this because someone showed them. They, these kids have never seen this. They don't know how to act. They're just dancing in the spirit. And that went on like five minutes and it just resided and went down. I'm sitting down. All of a sudden the wind came. I swear it looked like the Blues Brothers. They were leaping out of chairs. They were diving over each other. I mean, the whole room went nuts. I mean, they were flipping, jumping. I just sat down. I said, God. This is yours now because I have no idea what to do with this. Man, you're talking about the power of God hit them, but they reached up and took it because God is good. Now, see, that's where you and I have got to meditate on this because every time you step in the throne room, it is not because you're good. It is because he is good. And you're coming in based on the blood of Jesus. And if, if God, God cannot, think about it, cannot say no. He cannot say no. Because he's denying the blood. You're not coming in there saying, look at me. You're coming there going, I need you to look at Jesus. And he goes, I like him. You go, well, I'm going to ask you something and I'm going to plead the blood. You're leaving with an answer. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing really good, but I call this being rooted in righteousness. So Romans 3.21, let's go over there and read. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Let's say it another way. The righteousness of God apart from being good. Even the righteousness of God through faith in the finished work of Jesus to all and own all who believe it. There is no difference. Now, think about this for a minute. I mean, we don't know Hitler. Let's just use someone closer to home than Hitler, but pretty much similar. Joe Biden. I might get in trouble with this one, but anyway, you understand where we're going. But I'm telling you what, let's say that Joe Biden's on his deathbed and somebody walks in and says, Joe, do you believe in Jesus? He goes, well, I have never, but now, and he prays, he's leaving his body and going straight to heaven. Now, see, that, that, see that we have a hard time with that because we think, well, that guy, he's, he's, he's wicked to the core. Well, hold on. The Bible says all sin. Now, see... There's a danger in you and I having lived right for a while, and we think of people like Joe, well, you good for nothing, sorry dog, you. Well, but God still loves him and doesn't want him to go to hell either. One thing, don't ever say with your mouth. Never. Never utter, 
Don't ever look at a human and go, go to hell. Don't you ever do it as long as you live. I did it once. I did it once when I got saved. This dog bit Ashley's face. Big German Shepherd bit Ashley on the face. And his, and his teeth marks went through her cheek. Teeth went through the cheek. Went through the other cheek. Big blue hole in her face. Teeth marks in her jaw. He clomped them down on her little face. She's like two or three years old. She's out playing and tried to pet the dog and he just bit her. I went down to the man's house and said, your dog, your dog bit, bit my daughter. And he said, well, she shouldn't have been messing with him. And I said, what are you going to do about it? He said, I ain't going to do anything about it. Said, Get out of here. I said, I said, well, you go to hell, you son of a blankety blank. I said, you will burn in hell. I curse you. And I walked out of his house. I was, I was mad. I was, I was really mad. And the Lord said, call your words back. And I went, heck no. He can burn in hell for all I care. And the Lord said to me, I need you to call your words back. Now think about God asking me to call my words back. Yeah. How much power do we have? And then he said, I can heal your daughter. If you will if you'll forgive him and call your words back, I'll heal Ashley. Now, I'm at a dilemma now because I know Ashley's face is marred. And I didn't want to. I said, okay, I'll do it. But God was being real like, please. Now, you don't want this guy to go. But I cursed him. Watch what you say. So I said, okay, Father. And I, and I prayed for him. And I said, Father, forgive him. I forgive him. I ask you to forgive him. And then I reached and laid my hands on Ashley and right in front of my face, he healed her face up. Just cleared her face up. I just sat there, the glory of God. And then he said, what about the dog? And I said, do I have to? He said, no. I said, what the hell with a dog? Now you understand, I've only been saved a month. I mean, I hadn't got a, not as polished as I am now and... Somehow or another, I don't think God was as religious as most people are anyway. I mean, it's not the first time I ever heard anybody talk like that. Next morning, I woke up. Someone says, did you hear about the dog? And I went, nope. I got run over by a bus last night in the road. I said, good. <laughs> Dang dog. That's why I said a while ago, if that guy don't turn his music down. <laughs> I ain't cursing him. Just hysteria. This thing was working yesterday, honey. What's wrong? That guy next door cursing your stereo again. <laughs> Is this good? Yeah. I don't know how we got off and all that, but you needed to hear it. Verse, verse, verse 22, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus to all and on everyone who believes there is no difference. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need to remember that. Being justified, now use again, made righteous freely by grace through the redemption that is in Christ, whom God set forth as a propitiation. That word propitiation means mercy seat. Mercy seat. The mercy seat of God. It says it in the Amplified. By his what? Blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be righteous 
and the justifier of everyone who has faith in Jesus. Though he is righteous, he still wanted to make you righteous. So he had to become your righteousness. So you couldn't die for your sin. You couldn't do it. So he had to come, take on humanity, and become sin and died on the cross. He couldn't die physically until he died spiritually. Most people don't know that because he's immoral, mortal. He'd be, he'd still be living right now. The blood flowing through his veins and not the blood of Mary or Adam. It was God's blood. And he was perfect. So he had to take sin and become sin in order to die physically. Because he died physically proves he died spiritually. No, he died spiritually because you were dead. You were dead spiritually. He had to taste death. He had to, he had to take your place. If you had gone in and died, you couldn't have come out. But because he never sinned, Satan couldn't hold him. That's why Jesus was the only one that could do it. But he didn't do it for himself. He did it in your place. So his death is your death. His resurrection is your resurrection. And now his righteousness is now yours. You, his righteousness, he gave it to you as a gift. Now see, listen to me. Your spirit man was dead. So his spirit came in your spirit. What's the difference in your spirit and his? None. That's, is that too much for you? I'm trying to show you how to get your prayers answered. Because whenever you're praying, the devil's going to bring up you. And you need to go, uh, we ain't here talking about me. We're talking about Jesus. We're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. And the devil goes, we're not talking about the blood. We're going to talk about you. We're not talking about me because I was crucified. And I was raised from the dead. So someone said to me one time, said, well, did you ever hear about Jesus? I said, yeah, I was there. And they go, you're crazy. I said, no, you are. It's not my fault you don't know how to read. I said, when he went to the cross, I did. He said, the Bible says his, his old man was crucified. That's me. I'm his old man. Uh, this is, this is, uh, now if that's too much, just, just, just hold on to it for a while. Do you know how many people know what I just said? Not very many. But this is how you fight the good fight of faith. If you don't know this, you will not be able to fight the good fight. And you're in a fight. You're in a fight. And the, re and the thing he's using on you is guilt and shame. He will use it and bury you if he can. And you'll be crawling in church going, oh, I didn't do so good this week. I told somebody one time, I said, if you get drunk, just come back to church. Amen. I know you think, I'm, no, you're a hypocrite. No, no, because the truth will make you free. I'd rather you sit here drunk than sit at home drunk. And I know you go, well, you just, you're, just, you're just excusing sin. You're giving people a license. They're, they're sinning without a license. Amen. It's kind of like guns. You're going to take the guns away from the good guys. Well, the bad guys will all have them because they, they're going to have them whether it's legal or not. Yeah, nut. Never mind. I, should, I need to quit leaving. I need to leave the Democrats alone right now. Please just leave them alone. <laughs> it's funny to you and me. Well, there's actually people that have left this church because 
Just get up and walk out and listen to this guy talk. Look at verse 24. Being made righteous freely by grace. I have been made righteous freely by grace through the redemption in Jesus. I have been made righteous freely by grace. I mean, you need to just read that out loud to yourself about a hundred times one day. Just, I have been made righteous by faith. Do y'all see why I'm saying that? Because it's not real to our souls yet. We're still, Christians are still more sin conscious than righteous conscious. We're more sin conscious than blood conscious. And, and it's our fault. It's, it's more my fault than yours. Because preachers need to preach this. You need, you need to sit and have someone preach this to you. This is what Paul preached. Think about that a minute. I mean, that was good enough for Paul to preach. I guess it's okay for me to preach it, right? All right. Verse 26, to demonstrate, I said that. Where, verse 27, where is boasting? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? No. By the law of faith. Therefore, I conclude that a man is made righteous by faith apart from the works of the law. Now, real quick, go to, oh, I got so many things I got to read here and I'm not. Oh, glory. Mm -mm -mm. Psalm 103. Just go to Psalm 103. I wondered how, whether I'd even get near getting through. Psalm 103. See, these are scriptures you need to read. And I don't mean you're making, don't, don't confess trying to make something happen. Just confess the reality and let it rest in your soul. Okay. Just, just get to the place where you're just resting in, in truth. Psalm 103. Verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounds in mercy. He will not always strive with us nor keep his anger forever. He has never dealt with us according to our sins. Even when you are not doing right, he has never allowed the full bunt of it to hit you. Say, that's good. Nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, has he removed our transgressions from us. How far is the east from the west? Well, if you go east, you never see west. If you go west, you never see. If you go north, you'll see south. If you go south, you'll see north. So he didn't say north or south because if he did, you'd see your sin again. But if he threw your sins west and you went east, well, you'll never see him again. And you need to remember that. You need to remember, well, bless God, God don't know it and I don't know it. And I'm going to forget it because he forgot it. And he don't have a bad memory. But he chose to forget it and you're going to need to too. Isn't that good? All right, let's look at another one. I got, I got a whole bunch of these. Hebrews, and I will tell you that's not coffee. Because Lisa actually did make coffee this morning. That was so. She made a better cup than me, and I need to brag on her, so she'll do it again tomorrow. Hebrews 4.14. That's because I slept late. Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then, I have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, Son of God. 
Hold fast my confession. For I do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with my weakness, but in all points was tempted like I am, yet without sin. Therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that I may obtain what? Mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. God wants to give me mercy. Mercy. Let's read another one. Hebrews Hebrews 9.22. Let's just slip over there and read it. I'm just burning time and we'll do it. According to the law, almost all things are purified with blood and without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. God ain't talking to you without blood. You're going to walk in the throne room, you're going to be walking there going, pleading the blood. You need to be so blood conscious of a mosquito bit, you need to fly away singing the blood, the the blood, the blood, the blood. He needs to start talking in tongues if he bites you. Amen. Just Hebrews, one more, Hebrews 10, 19. This one's the good one. I waited till last. Therefore, brethren, have boldness to enter the holiest by what? The blood. Now, I don't know whether y'all have done this lately or not, and I, I, and I thought about doing it tonight, but I thought, well, I probably won't have time. Go home and have, take communion. Take communion by yourself, just you and God, or you and your spouse, or you and your kids, and just sit there and get it and pull this out and say, Heavenly Father, I'm coming to you, and I just want to, just want to say thank you for the blood. Because I was born again because of the blood, and all of my prayers are answered because of the blood. And I just want to let you know, I thank you for the blood. Now, that's how you get in the throne room. You did it when you got saved, didn't you? Did it work? It's worse now. You say, well, you don't know what I've done. No matter. Plead the blood. How many times? Oh, 490 times a day. Well, what if I go 491? You need to go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed and start over. You're messed up bad. You're just messed up bad. Okay. I, I got this book, and I'm just going to show it to you. I'm not going to read out of it. The Bloodline of a Champion. You ought to read this book at least two or three times every year. Just sit down and read it. It's probably one of Mark's best books he's ever written in his life. Just, and, and he'll tell you this. Whenever you have a church service and you start singing about the blood, God will come. He'll come to church if you'll sing about the blood. And he honors the blood. So what would happen if you were at home and you needed your prayers answered? Smith Wigglesworth took communion every morning. When I heard that, I went, I bet you I could do it a little more often. And I have a little wooden cup I got from Israel about that big. And we have some non-alcoholic grape juice at the house. It has to be non-alcoholic, y'all. Don't be. Pour it in there. And, and um, I made some unleavened bread today by accident. I don't know what happened to it. The yeast did not. It just is. I told Lisa, I said, well, she said, what happened? I said, it's communion bread. <laughs> it's kind of crunchy too. But anyway, it's just good. I want you to live free. I want you to don't, don't allow the devil to beat you. Don't allow him to bring accusations to your soul. He will do it. He will try. And that's going to be your biggest fight in your soul, in your soul. And, you, and the more rooted you are in righteousness, 
Bible says in Isaiah, if they're rooted in righteousness, and they'll be established. A tree is rooted and don't get up and move. You need to be a tree of righteousness rooted in the blood of Jesus. And you'll weather every storm. Now, I don't know whether this helps you or not. I, I just recommend take some of these scriptures and read them to yourself. Read them to yourself. Mark them in your Bible and read them. And when you're starting to feel like a hundred miles of unpaved road in the center, just pull it out and worship God and get excited about what Jesus did. And go back to your first love. I think this is first love. When you, when you remember what Jesus did instead of yourself. Father God, thank you for this evening. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. And I've, I've done the best I know to take a subject and just break it down and make it as simple, make it as simple as I could make it. About, about how you made us righteous. And the devil don't like it. He hates this. He hates this message. Because once we're righteous and know it, our days of defeat are over. Days of being sick are done. You, there's righteous people don't walk around sick all the time. And whenever we get in a battle, this is the battle line. The battle line is right here. This is, this is what it's going to boil down to. What right do you have to get your prayers answered? And it'll be based on the blood. It'll be based on the blood of Jesus. It'll be based on righteousness by faith in the finished work of Jesus. And I thank you that we got saved that way. We got filled with the Holy Ghost that way. Many of us have had many prayers answered because of this. When I pray that the way we got our prayers answered last month and last year is the way we'll get them answered this month and this year and then next year. And you haven't changed any. But I pray that none of us will ever walk in the throne room and say, now I'm doing this. I pray that we would learn to never approach you with our good or our bad. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.